and welcome to Connected, episode 464. My name is Mike Hurley. Uh, I will introduce my co-host in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Vitaly, Clean My Mac X, and Factor. Hello, Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. I'm back. Welcome back. I was very confused, I gotta say. Uh, okay. For the past uh, 10 days or so, I've been getting all these mentions on my mm. Mastodon uh, mm-hmm. from and and at first having not listened to what you and Steven did I just thought that that well I figured it was your fault but I was very confused because it they looked it looks it looked like people were sending me descriptions for emoji uh, I figured after a while um, but the problem was that I couldn't understand whether they were real emoji or not and then I listened to the show and you asked people to send actual descriptions of real emoji. However, I don't think a lot I don't think everybody did. I'm pretty sure that a lot of passionate ones sent imaginary emoji. Like those descriptions were not real. I think it this what it did, I expect. I've not read your messages because it's very hard to do that on Mastodon. Yeah. Right. I feel like to like read all of the posts that somebody would receive. Uh but I I feel like this is one of those things about emoji where people are describing like their interpretation. Oh, so you see of, my struggle when we played the yeah. the Jeremy's. Well, that that was it was in honor of you and the Jeremy's mm-hmm. in honor of your birthday, your 25th birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Such you. Such a young boy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good birthday vacation? It was great. It was great. I had way too much food. Uh we went to southern Italy, we went to Puglia. Uh I it was uh Peak season in terms of tourists, there was a lot of people, um, like a lot of people. One day coming back from the beach, we were stuck in traffic for like an hour. <laughs> nice. Uh, that yeah, that, great. Was, that wasn't great. That wasn't great. Uh, but but I'll give you this. I found uh, the region of Puglia to be much, much more permissive and actually modern in terms of going to the beach with your dogs than say where I live, like here in the Rome area, uh, beach is like 30 minutes away. And every single time there's a struggle because uh, the local government doesn't want you to go to the beach with your dog. Even if you obviously, as we do, keep your dog on a leash under the beach umbrella, um, neither Zelda nor Ginger, they like go swimming in the sea. They just want to stay in the shade. They don't do anything, but still we cannot go to the beach. And instead in Puglia, we had a fantastic time because everybody was like, yeah, sure. As long as you stay under your beach umbrella and you don't let your dog run around and bother people, we don't care. It's fine. And that was nice. So I'm I'm currently outraged. Mm. I'm, I'm seething. I'm so mad right now. Would okay. you like to know why? Yes. So I thought that what I would do is I would add a Wikipedia link to Puglia to, in the show notes so people could take a look at what is known as the boot of Italy. Yes. Right? Is yeah. what it says Correct. Here. But the Wikipedia page redirects to Apulia, A-P-U-L-I-A. And it starts with Apulia, also known by its Italian name, Puglia. Uh, It's a place in Italy. Yeah. That's the name. This has always frustrated me since I was a kid. Like, why do different countries call the place what they want to call it rather than the name? Like, you know, like... Why do I call the... Like, why is it Italy, right? You don't call it Italy. No. Right? It's Italia, right? And that's what we should do our best, I think, to actually call it like that rather than some weird thing. That and it's confusing because it's only sometimes, right? Yes. Uh, for example, do you, want, do you know what we call London in Italy? Uh, let me think. 
you probably it's Londra. Londra. Yeah, I mean that's it's not. That's, Where does the R come from? <laughs> it's not super different to the French one, um, right? Like which, and and Spanish as well. It's very similar to that too. Uh, and I I just find it very it's always been very weird to me since I was a kid that like there is this this translations for these places yeah and it is just it's wild to me for I'm actually quite disappointed in Wikipedia right like I why is it the I just don't think it should be the English version it's like that's the even the URL is slash Apulia yeah it should be the other way around it should be the original name and also they should say uh, called in English such and such yeah and I would call this appalling wow now Thank that's you. now see that's bad see now i've done something worse mm. than wikipedia yeah. yes yes so indeed. i'm just trying to take the heat i have a little bit of follow-up okay uh from a couple of episodes ago we were talking about the app L- oh you know what we have not addressed where steven is that's a good question from kate oh federico's yes. going on another vacation he's living <laughs> his absolute maximum italian life this year so <laughs> he just got back from two weeks and now he's going away again and so we had the option of there was only going to be able to be two of us on this episode because schedules we couldn't get all all of our schedules to match up so we decided to take the mike and federico route so federico wasn't gone for three weeks so we are recording this like 36 hours earlier than usual mm-hmm. so it's yeah. something like 8 a.m for steven right now so yeah. steven's taking the week off he is editing the show so if there's anything egregious that occurs you know steven had his hand in it yeah and you also if you are a non-paying member of the show, you'll hear Stephen during the ad breaks this week. And if you love Stephen that much and you remember, go check out the ads and then you'll get Stephen. Anyway, back to the follow-up. Elsewhen was an application that we spoke about, which is a really good app for like time zone conversions, especially if you're a Discord user because you can get these like time codes that you can paste into Discord and it localizes to people's own time zone. Very helpful. Uh, We were talking about their menu bar app saying the word Elsewhen. Mm -hmm. They have now fixed that. Um, it seems like that. there was a confusion uh, with the test flight and the developers thought they had released the version where it removed that. And they have now done that. And it's a great app. And now it's the only time zone converter that I have in my menu bar on my Mac. Very nice. Long time listeners may remember the iTunes movie trailers website, which is a thing we spoke about a long Steven's time ago. Steven's favorite website. Steven's favorite website that there is just like, I don't know if it was like this before, but it's like wrapped inside of the current website. Like it's got the current toolbar at the top, right? Like Mac, iPad, iPhone, watch. And it's just this very, very old website that is like reminiscent of the iTunes music store from like, I don't know, the mid 2000s or something like that. Well, this this has been updated because the iTunes movie trailers app got an update that said it was going away and that now Apple the Apple TV app is where you'll be able to um to find trailers now not in like the iTunes movie trailers app and so Stephen checked the website and the website still exists but it has the same banner on it which is like hey go and get the app but what, the banner is not Retina, and when you click the banner, it doesn't go anywhere. So the iTunes Movie Trailers website continues to get the same amount of effort that oh, it has always so, This had. is so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Um, this, looks like a, this looks like a PNG image they made with shortcuts or something. Uh, I, I'm actually super keen to, to 
discover if it is actually going to go away. Because I just noticed my second favorite thing on this webpage. So you've got right at the top, Apple TV app is a new home for iTunes movie trailers, right? If you look at the bottom right, iTunes movie trailers available in the app store. <laughs> and if you click that the link, one works. It takes you no, nowhere. No, that one actually does. No, it the, works. The, the it banner works. where they're saying like, go get the TV app, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We spoke last time that we were going to be doing a live show in London. The tickets are now available. Go to relay.fm slash London to get your tickets. This is going to be on July 27th, 2024, live in London at the Hackney Empire, which is an incredible venue that I went to a show at multiple months ago, and I thought to myself, Federico, this is the one. And we made it happen. Tickets are on sale now. They have been selling incredibly fast to members we expected we'd sell maybe 200 to members uh-huh. we sold over 400 wow um, okay we're approaching i i think we're approaching probably by the time this is released we will have sold over half of the tickets okay uh we have a capacity of 1200 people um this is going to be our first live show ever outside of the united states of america it's going to feature many of your favorite relay fm hosts mm-hmm. in a relay fm family feud slash family fortunes game like we did for our fifth anniversary show uh there will be no video of this show we will have hopefully a recording of this show if you want to experience our 10th anniversary and celebrate it with us the best way to do that is to be live and in person. You, you gotta, gotta be, be there. there. You gotta be you there. Gotta be there. We'll be there, and you know we're gonna be talking quite a bit about video games today. I think Federico is we all want to do, mm-hmm. and at the moment, all we're saying is that all we said is that like Mike and Federico, uh, Mike and Stephen will be there. You're Federico, but I was talking about Stephen. Mike and Stephen will be there, and I was imagining this almost like Smash Brothers thing over time mm. of announcing <laughs> which other hosts <laughs> what's, a, what, what's what's the tagline they use the, like a new fighter approaches or something what? yeah yeah so we could be like a new podcaster approaches yeah oh you should totally do it and i was wondering <laughs> if you were willing to be that person oh i the first one yeah yeah, I mean... All right, okay, you ready? Ready? A new podcaster approaches. New podcaster it's Federico approaches. Federico is going to be there. New challenger. New challenger but, approaches. Well, we got pod- we're going to go with podcaster. A new podcaster approaches, and it's Federico Vatici. We are happy to announce Federico Vatici is the first Relay FM host who is committing to be at the 10th anniversary show. Go to relay.fm slash London. If you are considering this, you really should go get a ticket. Um, I've been really... I was very hopeful for this, but I've been very surprised about how many people are planning a trip to London from other countries. It's incredible, I was hoping it would happen, and it's why we gave basically a year's notice, and I'm I'm really excited about it, and and we're going to do our best to make the best show possible. Yeah, this is going to be wild. I can't wait. And if we want to make the best show possible, Federico's got to be there. You know, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Hell is frozen over. (laughs) You can put links... In emails now on iOS. Game changer, right? So th- this is what happens when, when you when you play around with uh, betas at night. And, you, you know, I was reorganizing my notes. We'll talk about this. I don't know if today or next episode or whatever. I was reorganizing my notes in Obsidian, Mike. Mm. Not in Apple Notes, in Obsidian. And I was just playing around with mail. And I was asking myself, did they really not do any new feature in mail this year? And uh, as I was composing an email, I selected some text and I noticed a, an add link button. 
And sure enough, you can now do hyperlinks in Apple Mail without having to do any of those weird tricks or use a shortcut to do it. You can just select some text, add a link, and it's going to be the text you selected, but underlined in blue because it's a link. So it's it's... I'm guessing the same. It's the same button, and it's sort of the same menu that you get in Apple Notes. But obviously, mm. in Apple Notes this year, you can do all kinds of links, right? You can do internal links. You can do links to the web. This is much more simplistic because you can just link to a web page. Um, but as I was composing my post for Mastodon about it, I stopped because I I wanted to say, well, since the first iPhone came out, and I was typing. It's like my instinct was to type six years ago. And I was like, wait, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not right. No. And so I did I, I started counting with my hands and I did the mind. I was like, wait, what? The first iPhone came out 16 years ago. And it dawned on me that it's it's wild. And I don't know if this is also true for you, but like the iPhone doesn't feel 60, 16 years old to me. No, sure. The iPhone is, the iPhone always feel like, yeah, the first iPhone, it's like, you know, it's six or seven years ago. But nope. It's, I mean, another way to think about it is the iPhone is approaching 20 years. Which is. The upsetting part of that it's, is it's, that it's, it's wild, right? It was the 25th anniversary of the G3 iMac. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that we just had that anniversary. That does not feel like nine years difference between those two things. Are we old? We're old to a lot of people. We're young to a lot of people still, but we're old to a lot of people. Is that a like if you spot? think about maybe it's a spot. Mm. I, I I don't know if we could call it the sweet spot because like the thing is, if you think about sixteen years, right? Like think of how many people in their twenties would have been like aware of the iphone and then it's taken 16 years and now they could be listening to the show like i feel like this a lot when in our discord i don't know if you feel this in your discord but I, there are a lot of people in our discord that i can i know are younger than me like a lot yeah a lot. oh yeah which i guess is self-selecting for discord right i think right in general um but it is something that i am increase increasingly becoming aware of but i think the awareness of it is good, right? We talk about that on the show a lot of like being aware of our ages and considering staying how we stay relevant and like paying attention and stuff like that. So, yeah, anyway, 16 years ago. Now, after 16 years, you can do links in email. So, excellent. There's at least one feature, one new feature in iOS 17 in Apple Mail for all those Gen Z kids that want to put links in their email. And all those kids who just want to hyperlink away, you know. I guess like most of these people, they're just used to just pasting links, right? Like that's just what we do. Yeah, and they're used to seeing like when you think about it. So this is a totally uh, normal detour for us. But when you think about it, I would say the most kids these days they're not used to. Like when when I think of a URL, when I think of a link, me as a thirty-five year old guy, I think of an HTTP. Like I think of it as text. I would say that m maybe the new generation thinks of links as these like visual bubbles because they're used to seeing rich links now it like on twitter on iMessage on whatsapp instagram instagram like the link is the and sure i mean there's still like the blue underlying text but most links these days they don't look like links they look like previews while we're talking while we're complaining about links and being old it really annoys me now the social networks put the at symbol in the url mastodon does this TikTok does this. Mm. Why? 
Why is that? Why does the at symbol need to be in the URL? The usernames are distinct anyway. Why does the at need to be there? The at symbol is supposed to be in email, not in the URL. It, it gets me every time. I like that it typically uses, right? You're at this, at yeah. that. Like I, that's fine. But why does the at symbol need to be in the URL? I know, like, it looks That's wrong. just complicated, an unnecessary complication, it feels like. Yeah. If people know why this is a decision, please write in connectedfeedback.com. Like, I want to know, like, why did they do this? Uh, this is obviously not a groundbreaking feature, but it's just like a thing, right? This links an email thing. It's like, here's a fun little detail. You post it on Mastodon, right? Like, people want that from you. Yeah. But in general, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel like the betas are providing a lot of this kind of stuff. I guess this isn't important mm. for your review because the review is about the whole thing. But I feel like we're going multiple betas now and we're not... It feels to me like there's not a lot of like, hey, this thing just got changed. Yeah, I noticed that this summer. I was talking about this with John and maybe with you guys. Uh-huh. Uh, in previous years, you know, beta 4, beta 5, Apple continued to add new stuff like and you remember my you know at the time used to be twitter like i used to tweet in beta 3 there's now this in beta 5 you can now find this new detail this new feature we didn't get as much of that this year and i gotta believe it's because like broadly speaking 17 is a smaller release than previous years and it's easier to write about not a lot of things got changed it's pretty much what we saw in june was tweaked here and there, but really, um, for example, this new ad link menu, but really, really, you can, you can, it's probably less than 10 big changes. Uh, you know, some buttons got their position <laughs> changed, but I don't count that as a new feature. I, it's been a different beta season. It's got to be because, like, obviously, Apple is busy with the Vision OS and Vision Pro. Um, it's a, this is actually the beginning of my, of my review. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's a strange. It's been a strange year, in a good way, I think. Uh, Seventeen is a fun release, and widgets really steal the show. But it's been a different beta season where usually I would have to like follow through, fo- follow the evolution of the beta, right? Taking screenshots of beta one, and now this is gonna look different. I was taking a look at screenshots that I took in June, and they're pretty much the same as the latest version. So, um, yeah, it's been a different year, I think. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Vitaly. Customer success teams today are facing a problem. How do they connect customer data back to their work? Well, Vitaly changes that because it's a new kind of customer success platform. It's an all-in-one collaborative workspace that combines your customer data with all the capabilities you expect from today's project management and work platforms. And that's because it's designed for today's customer success team. That's why Vitaly operates with unparalleled efficiency, improves net revenue retention, and delivers best-in-class customer experiences. It's the solution to helping your customer success team keep a better pulse on your customers, which maximizes productivity, visibility, and collaboration. You can boost your bottom line by driving more revenue per customer with Vitaly. And if you take a qualified demo of Vitaly, you get a free pair of AirPods Pro. So if you're a customer success decision maker actively seeking CS solutions, 
working at a B2B software as a service company with 50 to 1,000 employees, and you're willing to explore changing customer success platforms if you already have one in place, you should schedule your call by visiting vitally.io slash connected and get that free pair of AirPods Pro. The link is in the show notes, but it's vitally, V-I-T-A-L-L-Y, vitally.io slash connected for a free pair of AirPods Pro when you schedule a qualified meeting. Our thanks to Vitally for their support of the show and Relay FM. A couple of days ago, you shared with uh, me and Stephen your desk, and I thought this needed some immediate analysis okay. uh, on the show. So I'm going to put a couple of links in the show notes for images that you've got going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this is maximum Federico, mm-hmm. I feel like, this this overall desk image. I feel like it is also very, like... Um, desk porn i feel like you've done a good mm. job of that right you've got like a good angle on one of these images here right like everything is like neutral colors but you've got actual color in mm-hmm. here right you got some purple going on all these you know, everything looks like it's been meticulously chosen and placed where it's supposed to go i'm assuming you're pretty happy with this i am pretty happy with this um i should say that i am still not fully done there's a few things that um there's a few things that we are that, that, that i'm that i'm going to tweak and change um so we're, we're, let, we're gonna talk about this but basically what i wanted to do was i wanted to keep the things that i wanted to have on my desk the home pod with the battery base uh the anchor charging cube obviously mouse and keyboard and my audio interface I wanted to hide the computers that I use from view and mount them underneath the desk. Uh, so that's what you can see in the second picture. This required a lot of cable management, which we're going to get to in a minute. And it also meant that uh, I had to change a few of the accessories that I was using. Again, I will explain everything in a bit. I am So there's a couple of things that that I am going to explain shortly. The first one being, I am still not sure about the um, audio interface that I'm using. You have the Elgato Wave XLR, right? I wish I could get something that wasn't black um, and, and not made of plastic. Ideally, I would like to have something even more minimal with like um, made of aluminum or... I don't know, just more rectangular shaped um, with an XLR connector either on the front or on the side because the Wave XLR has it in the back. Also the headphones, they plug in in the back and I'm not a fan of that because it means there's always going to be some distance between the back of the unit and the wall because I need to be able to plug in connectors. And so ideally I would like to have something rectangular shape metallic more minimal looking with connectors either on the front or on the side i have two recommendations for you please give them to me the audient evo 4 wait i need to write this down audient a-u-d-i-e-n-t audient evo 4 and the road oh this is nice looking Uh, and sorry the road r-e-d-e a-l-1 A-L-1. Yeah, these are both the marker recommendations. Oh, I prefer the Audient, I think. I think this is the more expensive one, so yeah, you'll probably like this one more. 
This is I haven't seed. used this either of simple. these. I don't know the, you know, I don't know these, but I know that he tests them, so. I like, I really like the look of this. Oh, but the, where's the connectors? On the back, maybe? On the back. All right. I'll, I know that I'll that's not exactly what you want, but the road connectors are on the front. <laughs> See, it's on the front. All right. I'll take a look at this when I, when I came back. And what I was going to say. So. All right, let's talk about this desk because there's a there's a part that people don't see. Obviously, people from the picture, they can see the light strip. They can see that I mounted the... Uh, there's a little bracket underneath the desk to uh, either place my MacBook Air or my iPad Pro. The thought was, um, most of the time, it's going to be the iPad Pro. When I record podcasts, it's going to be the MacBook Air. But there's going to be a single USB-C cable that will connect either of these computers. Uh, the CalDigit TS4 dock is mounted also underneath the desk, um, as is the USB-C switch for switching between either the CalDigit, which is input one, or I never talked, I never spoke about this before, so all of this is new to this show, fresh. Input one is the CalDigit TS4 dock. Input two is my eGPU. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> later. We'll get to that later. We'll get, uh, and we'll get to this in a bit. How are you mounting these? Like, what are you, what are you using to mount this I stuff? Got, uh, I got um, da, uh, the extra strong double-sided adhesive tape. Um, okay. The uh, Americans call it 3M, I think. Right. In Italy, it's a different brand called Patex, which is, I don't know what it means, um, but it's super strong uh, and it doesn't leave any residue when you when you take it off. So it's very nicely done. Quite also, expensive. You're just but sticking like the tape to these devices and then just sticking the devices to the underside of the desk? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And very clean, doesn't leave any glue or any... Uh, and and it can obviously hold... not the laptop though. No, no, no. The laptop has its own bracket. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> ah. No, I am not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stick it under there. I wanted to. Get, I wanted to get a bracket for the CalDigit uh, as well, and I probably will. But it was only available on Etsy, and I didn't have the time because we know with Etsy you gotta wait multiple weeks. Uh, but I probably will get a mounting bracket for the CalDigit. Ideally, if I had a 3D printer, I would just 3D print all of these myself, but... You know, I've been thinking about getting a 3D printer. Yeah, me too, but I don't have the space. I don't have the time for it. I feel oh. like it would be pretty good at the studio. Yeah. Here's you, another thing. You do have Connectedfeedback.com. Tell me what 3D printer to buy. Understand that I don't want to do any of the work. Good luck. <laughs> all I want to do is download files that people make and print them. I want the simplest option. Mm, good luck with that. Connectedfeedback.com. Yeah. yeah, well, you know. Uh, so yeah, eventually I'm probably going to get um, proper like 3D printed brackets for the TS4 and also the Eero that I have. Um, the Eero, um, I have wired Ethernet and there's a, an Eero, what's it called? Satellite unit or whatever. But it's not, because of the shape of the base of the Eero, it's not so easy to stick... Uh, adhesive tape to it because it's like curved and it doesn't really make great contact with it. So I'm probably going to get uh, a bracket for the Eero Pro 6 as well. Could you not just like stick it upside down? Uh, no, because it's curved. No, it's, the, the bottom of it? Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. We have, I think you you have different Eeros to me. I think you have the E ones. I don't, I don't have those. 
But really, the main thing that I still need more time to think about is the eGPU. Uh, I have the uh, Razer Core X with an NVIDIA uh, 3080 Ti inside. I've been using this for the past, uh, almost for a year at this point. Again, we'll get to this in a minute. Um, I am not sure if at some point it'll stay. Right now it's it's out in, in the open under the desk. There's a little uh, cabinet where it's one of the... It's, <laughs> it's a big boy. It's a big boy. big boy. It's a big boy. It's basically a PC. It's I know. not the size of a PC. But this is the space I have for it. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to build a, a, a super compact PC and I don't want to get... I used to have a tower PC. I don't want to have a tower PC because I don't have the height for it. I don't have the space. It needs to be this kind of object. And I, But I don't know if it'll stay like it is right now or if we'll get some kind of dedicated small cabinet for it with proper ventilation, like a door that opens or like one of those doors that are see-through so the air can flow in. Uh, so that's the part I'm not sure about. But roughly speaking, this is the setup. Uh, nothing on the desk except the HomePod and the Anchor charging cube and my audio interface um, and everything else under it. Uh, although we may be changing the cable management or how things are mounted, but this should give you an idea. Uh, there's a switch with two inputs, one for the CalDigit TS4 dock that lets me use either my iPad Pro or my MacBook Air, and the second one for my eGPU, which connects to the switch using a display port to USB-C cable for my gaming PC. And this is part one of this conversation. Do you have any other questions about my desk? The desk is like a custom thing you have made, right? Like the actual desk itself. Yeah. It's like rich Italian uh, artistry. That is actually correct. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, I know, I, you know. Got, you got to get it done right. What keyboard and mouse are you using? Oh, I'm using the Logi um, MX Keys Mini and the MX Lift Vertical Mouse. The other Logitech mice were giving me uh, some wrist pain. And this lift, I don't know, who, I don't remember who recommended this to me. It was a Discord member. It changed my life. This vertical mouse, it looks, it's a very oddly shaped object. I'll give you that. But it's perfect. Like, I haven't felt any wrist pain anymore. And I got this two, this keyboard and this uh, mouse because they have three inputs, which is perfect for me. Uh, input one, gaming PC. Uh, input two, iPad Pro. Input three, MacBook Air. And I can just press a button and switch between them. You have the MX Keys Mini? Yes. Yeah, the yeah, with the Mac keys on it. Yes. I have the one of these vertical mice. I ended up going back to the regular one. I, I like the vertical mouse, um, but I went back to the regular one just because it was fine for me. I think the reason you were struggling with the other ones is the same reason I struggled. You put too many little shortcuts on the buttons. Mm -hmm. That was my issue. When when I was really struggling with the MX Master mouse was because I was I was doing too much of all the little buttons that it has. You know, like the little click surfaces and the left and right buttons. I think they're not very ergonomic, I think. And it caused me quite a bit of hand and wrist pain. I had to stop doing all of that. And when I stopped doing all of that, it became more comfortable. But the the 
Lyft is an ergonomic mouse, right? So like it, it's a much more natural way for you to hold your hand where you, you hold it vertically rather than horizontally. Yeah, exactly. And that was the the problem for me was like holding it horizontally. And I don't know what it was like. The, the, the muscles in, in my forearm were always like tense when I was yeah. holding a regular mouse like that. And that just doesn't happen anymore with a vertical mouse. You know, trackpad? Well, um, I don't want to have, again, the idea is I don't want to have too many things on my desk, right? Clearly. And so I just, as much as I will love for Apple to figure out like, a magic trackpad, which I prefer. I would prefer a trackpad to a mouse, but it doesn't switch between devices. And so um, I cannot use them. I prefer right. the... You mean your PC, right? You can't switch it between the yeah. Mac and the PC? Yeah. 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 So it's better to just have one set because I know myself, I'm not going to do like, oh, take the keyboard from the drawer and, you know, s- swap between multiple keyboards. I'm just not going to do it. It needs to be one thing that works all the time. And this is it. When you work, do you put things on the desk? Right? So, like, if you're working on something, do you, like, have other stuff on the desk that you then clear away? Like, your desk is always like this. Yeah, it needs to be like this. If um, Okay. I would temporarily, like, right now, for example, I'm, I'm packing and there's, a like, my Nintendo Switch is here because I got to put it away. But normally, when I'm working, like, it needs to be clear. Um, and you should see my desk. Yeah, and I cannot do it. It needs to be empty, and I'm facing the wall. I don't see anything else. Close the door, and I type. Actually, in a couple of weeks' time, for an interesting reason, I'm making a desk video. I'm going to make a video about my desk and how I have my desk set up. You're gonna, it's going to upset you. Like I'm going to tidy it, and it's going to upset you. Well, I know, I know that you know. Everybody has. Their own things. My, you know. my biggest issue for desk messiness now is I work on physical products. Yeah. To do that work, I need lots of sheets of paper and like paper samples and stuff like, and I have to lay them all out. And it's kind of like if I'm working on something for like a week and it's this kind of stuff, I'm not going to like put it away. I just put it to the side in a pile and then get them out again when I need to continue work on it. And then eventually, like I did just this the other day, like a couple of things are all taken care of now, so they've been filed into this filing cabinet that I have. But there's still other stuff going on, so I have like sheets of paper all over the place. It's very, we're very, but also even if I didn't do this, I just like to have stuff around me. Like I like little trinkets, which you are not a trinkets person. No, I'm Except not. for the Amiibo, but they don't go on the desk. Well, no, they're, they're in a separate cabinet. You know, yes. living the their best cabinet. life. Yeah. It, yeah, it is exactly that. Yes. This is part one, uh, I guess, of this conversation. Uh, there is a part two. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. Junk files, hung processes, and malicious apps can slow down even the latest, most powerful machines. Maintaining your Mac, whether old or new, is essential for a smooth macOS performance and just making your Mac a happy place. Clean My Mac X is an all-in-one Mac maintenance tool that takes care of old junk, faulty apps, and malware in an efficient, aesthetically pleasing, and hassle-free way. Using the app's menu bar app, you can monitor your Mac's health, CPU load, and more. With nearly 30 million downloads and 15 years of expertise, this app is a must-try for any Mac user. Run Clean My Mac X to gear up your Mac for the groundbreaking additions announced back at WWDC. As Apple continues to pack Macs with more features, Clean My Mac X ensures that your hardware remains healthy 
and running at peak performance so you can enjoy a seamless macOS experience. I love that all these tools in Clean My Mac X are bundled together in a UI that's not overwhelming, it's not confusing, it's very easy to understand, and not just for nerds like us. All connected listeners get 5% off. Check out the link in the show notes or go to macpaw.app slash connected. That's macpaw.app slash connected or click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for the support of the show and Relay FM. I'm thinking about how to best approach this. So I mentioned the knee GPU, right? And you may be wondering, wait, why do you have an eGPU if you used to have a proper gaming PC? All right. So we need to start from summer of 2022. <laughs> okay. If you recall, last year, that old stage manager saga was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And all the stress and the delay of iPadOS 16 and the bugs and the issues and the fact that I ended up publishing a review of iOS 16 that didn't have the iPadOS part in it. I published these, some people would say scathing story about Stage Manager in October. It would be right to I, say I, that, I, to be honest. I didn't really <laughs> want to do it, but I had to. And by the end of October, sort of in November, once everything was done, I felt exhausted. Like I felt, honestly, I felt kind of burned out by the whole thing. A lot of your friends were having a lot of conversations with you about like, what you should be doing, what they recommended. I was one of these people, right? Like we were all having these conversations with you because you were clearly going through a bit of a crisis. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I would say you had your mid-computer life crisis, which we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, but yeah, you were going through a time. It was difficult. I was going through a time and yeah, I, it honestly was the equivalent of a midlife crisis, but for a computer nerd. Because well, to the point where I started questioning all my life decisions in terms of like, what do I actually do for a living? What do I like to write about? If if a, a bad operating system update can do this to me, what does it say about me as a writer? What does it say about me as a person? It's like... Ooh. Right? All those questions. Those are, they big, started, questions. Those are, <laughs> those big, are questions, big questions. Those are big questions. Right? <laughs> and I really struggled with this and I talked about it with Sylvia for months. And so I'm just going to rip the band-aid off. From January to June of this year, in secret, without telling anybody for months, eventually I told my friends, I used a Microsoft Surface as my main computer for six months. Which one? The Surface, the Surface Pro 9. I... I told you uh, and John and Steven about three, four months, three months in, I think. Uh, It kind of got to the point where, I mean, we all all knew you were doing something because you kept teasing it on the shows and stuff anyway. But there were, working with you, a lot of hints that we could see. Like, I, I knew it was Windows. Mm-hmm. because of the way that some of your files were being named. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. guess the surface. I just thought you were working more from your Windows PC, right? Yeah. That's what I thought you yeah. were doing. Yeah. But like there were there were things that were happening where it was becoming like increasingly more difficult for you to keep it to yourself from the people that were immediately around you. <laughs> it was impossible to hide. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was impossible to hide. So let me let me start from the end. Oh, okay. That experiment is that experiment is over. Lasted for almost 6 months. At the end, I realized why I prefer the Apple ecosystem, why I prefer the iPad Pro. And then, of course, iPadOS 17 happened at WWDC. Apple listened to my complaints. I got my stage manager fixes. Everything was good. But even before WWDC, I had already reached the point where I was like, yeah, I'm good. I, 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 don't, I don't like working on this, and I don't imagine myself working on this as my only computer in my life. But still... 
what will follow now is some uh, a summary of what I learned in six months in this experiment that was absolutely useful and fun. And I think because of this experiment, I think I'm a better writer and just in general tech, ob tech observer than I was before it. And in general, like it really helped sort of my, um, you know, like it did help my mental health in many ways. Like just, I need to do this for myself. Even if the content I write about will suffer and my workflow will suffer, I just need to do this thing because it's, it's, it's going to help me. And it did. Um, so for six months, I used the Surface. And initially it was very challenging and exciting, sort of ex exhilarating uh, all at once because it's a very different type of computer. And I'm going to go through the list of good things about the Surface. Um, it's, it runs Windows. It's a tablet. It's a convertible tablet that runs Windows, which means you can do whatever you want. And mm -hmm. the, the first reaction, like this, the, the honeymoon period for the first month or so, it's like, oh, this is incredible. I can do whatever I want. You can install multiple web browsers. You can install all kinds of modern or legacy apps. You have a terminal. You have a proper file manager. You can do whatever you want. It's a computer. It's like macOS, but it's also a tablet, right? So I can take it out of its keyboard case and I can use it as a tablet or I can, uh, you know, um, it's got a USB-C, it's got two USB-C ports from, uh, that support Thunderbolt. So I can just use them with my studio display. That's what I did for a long time. I use a Surface Pro 9 with my Caldigit TS4 dock. And because everything is Thunderbolt, it just worked out of the box. It was incredible. It's a real computer running real apps, different web browsers. It makes you feel so empowered by this idea of it's a true convertible, right? Uh, it can be a laptop, it can be a desktop workstation, it can be a tablet. Um, the multitasking is great. I've always, I've always, I used to be a fan of Windows multitasking before the Surface, and I came away from this experiment liking it even more. Even though, obviously, Sage Manager is in a much better spot than it used to be last year, the tile-based multitasking on Windows, I'm really a fan of it. Especially because Microsoft themselves, they make this utility called micro Windows Power Toys. And Power Toys is like, imagine if Apple made better touch tool, right? It's, it's a utility to enhance different parts of the operating system. And Power Toys has these additional tools for multitasking to make your own presets, customize gestures, customize hotkeys. It's really well done. If you're a power user, if you're a nerd and you want to just play around with these things, a Surface lets you do this kind of custom enhancements that you could you, you just can't do on an iPad Pro. So the multitasking was great. Having two USB supports was fantastic. So you can plug in uh, a Thunderbolt cable to connect to a monitor into one port and maybe charge it uh, or connect another accessory in the, in the other secondary port. There's a built-in kickstand, which is great. I mean, obviously, you know me. Uh, any device with well, a kickstand kick would get would get a, a a good mark in my book. But yep. the the, the kickstand here is just wild. You can just flip it open. Good quality. It's sturdy. It's easy to open. Uh, lots of freedom in terms of viewing angles. I really like it. One of the things you can do with the Surface is you can open it up and change its storage, which I did uh, in February. 
I got I don't remember what's the 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 type of storage like the 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 solid state little flash card that the surface uses it's not NAND? NAND. Yeah, but no, but it's not an M2 SSD. Oh, it's the small, the really the small, tiny one. The really yeah, tiny yeah, one. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I got myself some thermal paste. <laughs> I opened the Surface. I got the M2 2020, uh, 2230. Thank you, Zach. M.2 2230. Yep. That's the standard that, that it uses. <laughs> M.2 2230. That's what it's known as in the industry. Got myself a one terabyte card. I opened the Surface, uh, applied some thermal paste to it. Uh, and uh, after you put thermal paste, yeah, you gotta Hell put. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you do, but like, I just love the idea of you using thermal paste. I don't know why. It excites me. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, so one of the things you can do, it's you know, uh, it's a computer. You open it up, you change storage, and you reinstall Windows, and you're done. Then we get to the gaming part. So as I was using the Surface, and I gotta say, behind the scenes, I was talking to friend of the show, Steve John Smith. Steve was a great help. Uh, Steve was, I think, the first sort of, I mean, beyond Sylvia, was the first um, internet person <laughs> that, 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 that I know from, from my work to know about this experiment. And Steve gave me a lot of tips. And one day, I believe, maybe half-jokingly, Steven said, well, now that you have a Surface and it's got Thunderbolt on it, hey, maybe you should look into eGPUs. And so I was like, hmm. That's an interesting idea. So I started doing a lot of research and I decided, well, I, I want to try this. I want to see what happens uh, if I try to use my Surface. The idea was, can I really use this as an all-in-one computer for everything in my life? Can it be a true convertible? Can it be my tablet, my podcast computer? Can it be a laptop? Can it also be my gaming PC? Can it be? Can I really achieve this dream of the true convertible, the true all-in-one? So I got the Razer Core eGPU enclosure, a 3080 Ti, and a five-meter. Is it five or three? I don't remember. But basically, an extra-long Thunderbolt Pro cable that Apple makes. It's made by Apple. I don't recall if the length is three meters or five meters. Anyway, uh, it was a really expensive cable uh, that I was able to, because initially uh, the setup was the eGPU was in the living room. It was under my TV. And I wanted to, con to run a Thunderbolt cable from the eGPU to the coffee table in front of my couch. There I would place the surface and connect it to the eGPU that was feeding the image to the TV. And for months, that's how I played video games. Uh, from February, when I got the eGPU, to May? Yeah. That's how I played PC games in the living room with a Surface running an eGPU. Um, and that whole experiment made me realize um, I've become one of the few eGPU diehard fans. I just love it as an idea even though I know there are so many compromises with eGPUs. One of them being, for example, that you get a lot of uh, Thunderbolt-related bottlenecks in terms of performance. Um, you lose, I would say, 30 to 40% the performance of a graphics card when you run an eGPU with the Microsoft Surface, even the latest version of the Surface Pro 9. Like, what, does this, is this Surface-specific? It's, it's Intel... 
chip specific for the kind of architecture and the kind of uh, bandwidth that you have for the Thunderbolt controller uh, on the chip, on the Intel chip. There is, as we're going to get to in a minute, there is a way to improve things, but because of Thunderbolt, you are going to lose some performance uh, with an eGPU. There are ways to make it better, as we'll see in a minute, but with Thunderbolt, you're going to lose some performance. There are some... Right, and, and is that the difference of like... If you if it's PCI, if it's PCI, it's gonna be much better because right, Thunder, then if Thunderbolt, you're using Thunderbolt, yeah, it's just got in fact, in fact, eventually, I hope I'll be able to someday try the PCI-based solution that uh, Asus they have. Asus has a as a proprietary connector based on PCI, uh, and that's what they use for the ROG Ally, and yep. they have Asus. They have their own custom branded eGPU called the XG Mobile. And inside of it, they have a, four, a, a 4090 uh, laptop version. And because of the PCI Express connection that they have, they doesn't have the bottleneck, uh, the bottlenecks and the overhead that Thunderbolt has. And I, this is a whole story we can talk about. You know, there's a Reddit, there's a subreddit all about eGPUs. A lot of people highly anticipating the rumored Thunderbolt 5 standard that's coming out at some point. We don't need to get into all of that. But still, and we're still in the list of pros here, the just playing video games with an eGPU, just having a tablet that you connect a cable to it and you can play Elden Ring on a TV or you can play, you know, I was playing, for, uh, what did I play this uh, this, this spring? Uh, Final Fantasy Cyberpunk? VII, Cyberpunk, yeah. Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, um, Octopath Traveler 2, like a lot of PC games I just played on a Surface with an eGPU. And sure, it didn't have the same performance of a desktop 3080 Ti, but it was also a tablet that when I was done playing, I could just, you know, uh, put the cable away and get the Surface. So by and large, you were playing with the Surface in the middle, right? Like it, you weren't really playing on the Surface. You were just using the Surface and the eGPU on a bigger screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's what I was doing. Now the list of cons, the battery life sucks, man. It's like, it's, it is a lot. The thing is, the iPad Pro runs cool. It gets warm if you're doing some intensive tasks, but the battery life of the Surface, it runs Windows, and Windows is very poorly optimized for tablets, and it gets hot. Well, it's, it's an Intel chip too, right? Like it's, it's like an a Intel, regular chip. Intel chip. It's not like it's, an ARM processor. It's not, it's not yeah. the ARM version. It's yeah. an Intel chip. It gets hot. There's a fan inside. Yep. Yeah. It's, and it spins up a lot of the time. And really, the general takeaway from using a Surface as a tablet is that it's not a great tablet. And the tablet experience of a Surface, and really Windows in general, is kind of terrible. Um, Microsoft, they've been working over the past few Windows releases to really optimize things for tablet usage and for touch usage but they still have such a long way to go in terms of making an OS. And this is, this is what I came away with a newfound appreciation for what Apple does. Microsoft has such a long way to go in terms of making a, designing an OS that can comfortably switch from a pointer with a trackpad to your finger to an Apple Pencil as three different input methods. 
um, the stylus that the Surface has is horrible compared to the Apple Pencil. Nothing beats the Apple Pencil in terms of performance, ease of use, the quality of the ink, the response time, the lag. Uh, it's just, it's so much better. And broadly speaking, just the Surface is weird when you hold it in portrait because of the form factor. Sometimes the screen doesn't rotate <laughs> and you got to reboot the computer to get it unstuck. And just the, the tablet experience in general, it's not nice. And you can tell that it's not made for your fingers. There's no such concept of, you know, three, four, five finger multi-touch gestures. Just the whole tablet experience is very bad compared to an iPad. And it's because... I mean, this is the thing with Windows in general. They won't let go of Windows, mm -hmm. right? Like, they yep. refuse to let go of Windows. That, like, if Microsoft actually just decided to make what Apple did, it would be nicer to use, but then it wouldn't be much of a benefit over iPadOS. Yeah. Like, this is their issue, right? They can't let go of Windows because then they have no apps. Like, they, they have to hold on to Windows, but that mm -hmm. means they then can't make the... So, it's that they are in, like, a constant, like, balancing act of like how much can they give and how much can they lose. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, the display, like just using a Surface and then going back to the iPad Pro, you realize just how much better, the especially the display of the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is compared to whatever the Surface has. It's got a high refresh rate, but it's not mini-LED. And there's just something about the liquid retina display of the iPad Pro that looks so much better. The colors... The rounded corners, it just looks like a much better display. Uh, and the Surface one looks cheap in comparison. It doesn't have true tone. You know, it's all these things that makes you appreciate. I know that it's, I know that it's, uh, you know, it sounds obvious. But, and, and I think you, like doing this experiment, if you can afford it, or if you find you're interesting, I recommend it because it makes you, appreciate a lot of things that we just spoke about, that Windows does and that the Surface does, but it also makes you appreciate a lot of these integrations that Apple does with the hardware and the software. And it's a trite thing to say, but it's true. For example, and I think this is for me the most important uh, part uh, in this list of cons, just the app ecosystem is so much better on Apple platforms. And this is not just about the iPad Pro but including the iPad Pro, just the whole thing with, and that's in spite of the App Store, but just on the iPad, there's, there are nice apps. There's, and, on, and, and especially once you start considering Mac OS and iPad OS, there's just so much choice, especially if you are a creative person. I couldn't find the equivalent of something like Audio Hijack no. on Windows. No, I, I had so many problems with this with like, you know, um, so the, 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 the F1 show I do with Austin Evans, we do that on PC. Like I do it on PC because mm -hmm. we, we stream video too. Like we record video. It's just easier to use something like OBS and all that kind of stuff to make the videos with. But we record the audio for the show there and I was spending a lot of time trying to find something and ultimately I just ended up using Audacity, which is like yeah. fine, but there's there's no way of me doing what I do with Audio Hijack. Mm -hmm. So like on my Mac right now, I have a recording of me, I have a recording of you as a backup, and then mm -hmm. I have the mixed recording of both of us happening that Stephen will use to line up all the editing and stuff. Like, there's just no way that I found 
to do that as easily or even nearly as easily or even at all on Windows. All these, all, all these apps for creatives, whether it's for podcasters, for audio professionals in general, for you know, text editors, um, menu bar apps, apps with widgets. Like Once you try Windows, you realize there's a ton of web apps, which are great. Some web apps are truly great. But, uh, but I learned something about myself, which is I really just prefer the Apple ecosystem and native apps and having all these different integrations, having the share sheet, having extensions, having a menu bar component, having, you know, shortcuts. Um, there's a, <laughs> I tried to use the uh, automation equivalent for Windows made by Microsoft. What's it called? No, it's not called Flow. They have something, uh, Windows Power Automate, maybe? Um, it was so confusing, even though it does have some aspects to it that should be copied by Apple. Like, for example, you can make subroutines, you can save templates and all that kind of stuff. But the whole thing is just so, first of all, ugly to look at. It's just, like, a lot of Windows software is just ugly. Like, and it sounds silly, but, and again, it comes down to matter, maybe to a matter of taste. One of the things that got me every single day was the typography. <laughs> it looks so bad on Windows. And then, uh, again, maybe taken individually, all these things that I'm saying, they sound stupid. But when you take them all together, you, uh, if, if these are those types of aspects of using a computer that resonate with you, you try Windows for a while, and I'm sure you will notice the same things I did. So all these apps, like I missed shortcuts so much. So many times I wanted to make something for myself, like a little tool to speed up something I, I wanted to do, and I couldn't. Yeah. And so, and it makes me sad that maybe Apple doesn't quite appreciate what they have on their hands with shortcuts, and other platforms don't, at least not so well-designed or easy to use. But broadly speaking, yeah, it was that. Um, ultimately, at the end of these six months, I felt like I, I, I needed to... to get this out of my system. And I did. And I came away thinking, I miss the Apple ecosystem. And I sort of need, I, I needed to do this to relearn and reappreciate what, why I do what I do for a living, what I like to write about, why I like the iPad so much. But, the, the, but there, were, there were positives, right, that I took mm -hmm. out of this experiment. One of them being, I know it's a very niche thing, but I love eGPUs just as a concept, as a thing. Like imagine the graphics card being its own modular thing. It comes down, it comes down to that, right? It's that idea of modularity that really gets me. So there will be a conclusion to the eGPU story in a minute. Uh, but ultimately, I went back first to a MacBook Air. And then in June, with iPadOS 17, I knew, well, uh, it's time to go back. It's time to, it's time to come home. Um, and I did, but I'm so glad that I did this experiment because it made me appreciate a lot of things. I'm convinced that there are so many aspects of the Surface that Apple should consider, whether it's the kickstand, the multiple USB-C ports, a more open iPadOS, you know, all these, the, even more flexibility for multitasking, letting people install utilities like Power Toys to customize their experience. There's so mm -hmm. many things that Apple should consider. But ultimately, the app ecosystem, the polish, the design, the hardware, the performance, it's just, 
I, I just prefer the Apple stuff. And it, it's been super helpful, though, that Apple has now gone ahead and like significantly improved Stage Manager, which clearly, yes. like, I mean, I know you know this, but you can look back and Stage Manager was the reason this whole thing happened, right? And so Stage Manager improving significantly to be at least the bare minimum that we expected it to be the first time around mm-hmm. has made it has made this experience something you don't need, which I think was something you felt before. It was like a need rather than just a, an interest. Yeah. I, I needed to do this after last year. Uh, if Stage Manager shipped like this, I probably wouldn't have done it. But this is not how these things work, right? Uh, no. Sometimes you you know, you screw it up the first time and you got to fix it the following year. And that's what happened. Uh, but hey, I learned a lot of things. And I tried so many different apps and web services. I tried, again, Todoist, Notion, Obsidian obviously was on Windows. So that, that, it was useful. It was a very useful experiment. The eGPU is still with me. And in fact, okay. it's better than ever. Uh, it's now under my desk. So it moved from the living room to the office. And it doesn't connect to a Surface anymore. I got an Intel NUC. I got an mm. Intel NUC Pro, the latest gen with the 13th generation uh, Intel chips, 64 gigs of RAM, and one terabyte storage. And this is now my gaming PC. Uh, connected to the eGPU, it does have Thunderbolt, obviously. Connected to the eGPU and connected to the video switch. So that's how I play uh, PC games. I know this is probably <laughs> the last in the NUC dynasty because Intel has officially stopped making these. So the NUC 13 Pro that I have is the, the last of its kind uh, and eventually, uh, you know, uh, when this is not enough anymore, I'll probably just get another, at some point, realistically, maybe. Oh, in small the form factor. Come on, baby. You're so close, Federico, to a small form factor I know. PC. Let me use this. Let me use this for a couple of years. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're, that, use that, right? Use And you just keep doing your thing for now. This is my plan. And then next time, we're small form factoring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can tell you that by going from the surface to the knock, the eGPU alone has seen a 25% performance increase. Huh. The numbers the numbers that I get with the eGPU now are essentially in the ballpark of a proper desktop 3080 Ti. They're like 10% under it. So it's pretty good for being an eGPU uh, powered by Thunderbolt. I ran a lot of benchmarks with 3D Mark on Windows, and they are, I would say, from 10 to 12% under the performance of a proper desktop uh, 3080 Ti. So you got a big jump by going from the limited uh, system on a chip of the th- of the Surface Pro 9 to the proper desktop version, 13th gen um, Intel chip in the NUC. You know, and it's also a matter of cooling because the Surface would throttle the system aggressively uh, when it got too hot. Um, the NUC has multiple fans inside. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy right now with this setup, and I think I'll use it for the next few years. But yeah, eventually. I think in the future, I will get a small factor PC for sure, but not right now. I don't want to. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Factor. With all the busy fall season has just right around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, 
and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Here in the Hackett household, Factor has been a big hit. It's hectic with back to school, kids running everywhere, a lot of stuff to do, and Factor makes it really easy to know that we have a good, wholesome meal ready to go. And with Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store. They're fresh, but never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. And you have more than 34 flavor-packed options to choose from each and every week. If you want something special, level up with Gourmet Plus, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself with upscale meals with premium ingredients. Plus, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go. Factors effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required. And then to finish your order, choose some more than 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and smoothies. And those upscale meals come with awesome ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. You can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. Head on over to factormeals.com connected50 and use the code connected50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code connected50, the URL once again, factormeals.com connected50. 50 to get half off your first box. Our thanks to Factor for their support of the show and Relay FM. All right, we're doing a lot of gaming talk today. Talk around gaming today. I want to actually have a gaming conversation now with you because Steven's not here, so we're just going to do it. Okay. Starfield. So if you don't know, Starfield is the next big RPG coming from Bethesda Game Studios, who are owned by Microsoft. Uh, as we started recording today, Federico, I don't know if you saw, but it seems like some kind of resolution has been drawn for the Microsoft uh, Activision. Yeah, they're going to sell the cloud gaming. They're going to license the cloud gaming to Ubisoft. I don't fully understand Ubisoft. how this is going to happen. They're going to license it? Okay. Yes. They're li- it's like they're licensing to Ubisoft and then like... Ubisoft will give it back. I'm confused about this. It's complicated. It happened just before we started recording. I'll read about this later on. It's very strange. But this was something that I was hearing people like Ben Thompson talk about as like a, a possibility here. But it seems like they might be doing it worldwide rather than all of the... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm. So let's talk about Starfield, though. Uh, it is... it. This, you know, on the face of it, this game is, you know, could be the biggest RPG like in size ever it is seemingly like trying to deliver upon the promise of no man's sky right like there are all these planets you can go to mm-hmm. them there's stories on a bunch of them they're being very open that like there aren't there isn't story on all of them but there's things you can do on all of the planets and it's got you know base building ship building uh dog fights in ships uh stories on the ground you know there are these whole planets there's this whole universe you can go and do anything you want to in, within this space are you excited about Starfield? I am very excited about Starfield, but also scared at the same time. So let me contextualize. I am intentionally going into Starfield knowing very little of it. Well, there isn't a lot to know. <laughs> I didn't even watch the gameplay reveal video. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't okay. want to know. I don't want to know. That's uh, also what I did for Zelda this year. Um, like, I just, I, I want to know as little as possible. But I am, and maybe here you can help me, I am unsure which format to play 
And at the same time, I am scared because that's when it comes out, those will be the days when I will have to finish my iOS review. So yeah, very, very conflicted, very mixed feelings right now at the moment. Yeah, because it comes out, it's complicated. The first time you, that it can be played is next Friday, the 1st of September. I cannot. Uh, how can you play next Friday? By buying it. By buying it. Okay, so this is going to be on Game Pass. Okay. It will be on Game Pass on the like quote-unquote release date, which is September 6th. But if you buy the game, like you actually, and you buy from the like premium edition up, the premium edition is like $100 or whatever, and it comes with a bunch of extras, uh, you get five days early access. So this is not a physical copy, right? This is like a digital download. Digital premium edition. There are physical premium editions, but you get, there is also the digital premium edition, which you can play up to five days early access. Digital so, premium edition up to five days early access. Starting on the 1st of uh, September, that will be. And it's also available for preloading now, so you can download the game it's like 140 gigabytes this is massive okay. uh, so you want to preload it uh i have bought it for the early access okay okay yeah i'll probably do the same did you get it on steam no no i bought it on uh on your xbox on my xbox mm. so i can also play it on xbox for pc okay 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 so it's very confusing the way that this works, but there is an Xbox app on the PC where you can play Game Pass games yeah. and you can also play games you have bought on Xbox. Yeah, sure. Yes. Right? So that. I have bought that and I'm going to be playing it on both. There is, for reasons that will become apparent next week, I want to be able to stream the game in early September. And so I want to be able to have that open to me from 1st of September, which is why I bought it. Because I do also play for Game Pass. I wouldn't do this otherwise. I'd probably just wait unless the reviews are like astronomical, right? I'm expecting Hmm. good reviews. Oh, me too. Eights, nines out of ten. That's where I think this is going to land. I mean, you know, this this is going to be the game that, like, right now, and I think the game of the year contenders are probably at least four. I would say Zelda, uh, Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, and Resident Evil 4 Remake. I think judging from... I think Resident Evil's not going to be in the actual... Like, it will be in the, like, Game Awards, but it's not going to be... It'll be considered... I don't think it's going to be either. I think at this point, probably between Zelda and Baldur's Gate. Uh, 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 Yeah, at this point, yes. Because Baldur's Gate has the surprise factor of it being so good. I have not played Baldur's Gate yet, but I actually do want to play it before the year is over. I'm not sure if I'm going to like it or not because I typically... Never do I. Yeah, because I never played... Uh, this is a confession. I've never played D&D in my life. That is not a big confession. Most people haven't. Really? I feel like yeah. in our circles, it's... It's know. becoming more popular than ever, but most people... You know, like it, yes, never. I, I know what you mean. Like maybe in our circle, it's becoming more and more like... But I doubt Stevens played D&D. So on this show, it's only me that's played it. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything I've heard suggests that Baldur's Gate really is best on PC. That like the mechanics of the game don't lend themselves very well to controllers. Mm. So playing it on the Steam Deck 
is possible and like very doable but like there's a lot of like radial dials for things where it's like way easier to just click oh no mouse. but i'm not i'm not gonna play with a mouse anyway right. i'm gonna but yeah. you can play with a controller and like it's an experience that you can enjoy i have the starfield controller well no i'm talking about Baldur's gate here. Oh, okay we'll come back to starfield in a second Baldur's gate specifically is oh, be- yeah, is I've apparently seen those better menus. than that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen those menus. Yeah. So uh, who knows? But for for Starfield, everything I all the, the the investigations that I've been doing would seem to suggest there is cross play, like cross saving. So like you can play on your Xbox and you can play on your PC, and okay. it should it should keep your progression in check. Like I've done a bunch of research for as much as I can do, and it seems to suggest that that's the case. Because that will be my what I will want to do. Like, what if I'm enjoying this game? What I will probably do is take my Xbox Series S home and play on my PC at the studio. Yeah, like, good idea. I want to play it on Steam Deck, but I actually don't think it will work on Steam Deck. This is also the investigations that I've done that like the minimum system requirements are too high mm-hmm. for the Steam Deck, which I think is a that's too bad from yeah. Bethesda. I, I, I think that that. That's a shame. Like I consider that to be a bit of a shame. Um, and, yeah, I and wonder. I, think, uh, I wonder if maybe well, a, a rogue ally <laughs> will support the Starfield. You know what? It probably. probably. I reckon maybe a handheld will make this game work. But one of the many A and E's. <laughs> one of the six A and E's released <laughs> this week. Make control. <laughs> this is like if you know about A and E, they're like a company that makes handheld games. This is an ongoing joke between me, Federico, and John Voorhees. That like every week there's a new A and E, and we always find them and send them to each other because it's constant. Yeah, and there was one today. There was today, one today there was a new A and E. They they announce them and before they ship, there's always another one yeah, that yeah. they've announced. It is unbelievable, this company. Like I don't understand how they make any money because they're always releasing new hardware. But yeah, my my kind of plan I also have the Starfield controller for my Xbox, which is awesome. But I can stream from the PC to the Steam Deck if I wanna play in the bedroom at night. Yes. You know? Steam Steam what's it called? It's not called Steam Stream. What's it called? Steam um, Steam Link. Steam Link. Thank you. Steam Stream. <laughs> Steam but that's Link. if you have the Steam version, where I'm deciding to go for the Xbox version. So, yeah. So you always gotta play in front of a TV. That's yeah. it. Some unless, kind of unless, yeah. unless, unless, will it support cloud gaming? Well, is that something you could do? I think yes is the answer to that question. That's something you could do. That's something I could do. Yeah. That is something I could do. I'll look into that. But I'm going to mm. see, because again, like my hype levels are pr- mid to high for Starfield. Mid to high? Yeah, I would agree mid with that. Mid to high. Because I've played Bethesda RPGs. I've never been like super thrilled yeah, with either. them. Right? Like I've played like uh, Elder Scrolls. I've played Fallout. Like I've played them. They've never truly grabbed me. But this one thematically does, right? Like I'm more interested in space than high fantasy or apocalypse. Like I'm more interested in like just space as a theme. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they've done a lot of work on their like combat, like on the gunplay and the physical combat compared to a Fallout game. 
um, which and you can play in third and first person. You've got a mixture of that, which is good. I'm intrigued more about this than I am maybe other games. And so, like for me, it's kind of like, well, I have my plan of how to play it, and I have my like staged plan of if I'm hooked on it, then I'll. And then the the ultimate is it like if this is like a game that I can't stop playing, I'll find a way to play it on my Steam Deck, because I think I spoke about this on the show. Like at home now. I don't know why, but like I don't really like to take up the main TV. Mm-hmm. Understandable, yeah. I have the same for games. Like I, I, I like my games now to be more of a me experience than an experience for everyone. That's why I don't play PlayStation games as much anymore. Same, and I will be a day one buyer of that Project Q for this reason. Yeah, I was literally gonna say the same thing. Thank you. Yes, me too. Do we know when it's coming out? Uh, I reckon it's before the end of the year. Perfect. I'm desperately hoping it's before Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's got to be. Because because I know that with PlayStation Remote Play, yes, you can use your phone. And yes, you can use uh, apps on your Steam Deck, like Chiaki, for example. It's something that I have on my Steam Deck to Remote Play. But you know, you know it's not going to be as native and as integrated as that little thing that Sony is making, which doesn't have a name yet beyond Pro, is it called Project actually Q. called Project Q? That's the name That's that they have. It's not going to be released as that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Unless they just feel like it's like really hit with people. But mm-hmm. And like, you know, say something like Spider-Man, right? I'm going to want to experience visuals and sound, right? I'm going to want to experience that for sure. But not. I don't want it to be my only way i can play the game right like yes and it'll be the same for starfield like i will want to experience it on my pc at like maximum settings right with headphones on and really get the full experience but i don't want it to be the only way that i can experience the game like if i'm like you know in an environment if i come at home and it's just me like adina's doing whatever like she's in her office or whatever then yeah i'll put it on the tv and i'll play it but if she comes downstairs well let me bring it to something that's more personal to me and it's just easier that way like that's what i like and that's how i would experience something like spider-man which i'm 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 more excited for spider-man than i am for starfield just for me of like right now with not knowing anything like i could imagine you know if if starfield comes out and it's nines and tens out of ten my hype level will increase right Mm -hmm. like because I'm expecting this to be a really good game. I think there is way too much expectation on this game. Yep. I think it's going to probably fall prey to some of the issues that Bethesda games have. This game has too much hype on it to have those, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it will blow everybody away. But I'm, like, I'm, I'm pretty pl- excited about it. Me too. Me too. And I'm pleased you have those kind, th- those same thoughts that I have about like in terms of these days, and this is something that I'm sure the Nintendo switched. The Nintendo Switch helped uh, change over 100%. the past years. Like this yeah. new perspective of, I I, I want to play the same video game in multiple flavors, if you will, like yeah. in, multi- in different contexts. Which is not something I, when I was growing up, that was just not a thing. the The place where you got the game was where you played it. So it was a Game Boy. It was always on the Game Boy. It was on you know on the on the PlayStation. It was always on the TV and so forth. But now this like this uh sort of more fluid approach to like, yeah, sometimes I want to play on my phone. Sometimes I want to play on a portable console. Other times on a TV, sometimes on a PC. Like, I, and I love it. I love it. And so uh, that's my plan for Starfield 2. I'm probably going to get it on uh, Steam, playing in the office and figure out the streaming situation for the Steam Deck, I think. And um, I had one, one more question for you. After beating the main story of Zelda, 
Have you found yourself revisiting Zelda for doing like mm, interesting, interesting? I played it a little bit for some time, like a few hours, and then I had other games that I wanted to play. Mm. So like when Breath of the Wild came out, it was all I wanted to play. It was all I really had. But there was I had a couple of games in my queue like. Dave the Diver. Like, I really wanted to play yeah, Dave the Diver. Yeah, I'm playing that too. It's so fun. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm having a great time with that game. My plan for Zelda is I will come back to Zelda with the DLC. either randomly or with DLC. Yeah. Because yeah. there's still stuff I want to do in the game. I just have other stuff that I want to play. And I felt much more satisfied with the end when I finished yes. Tears of the Kingdom than I was with Breath of the Wild. I was because a proper conclusion yeah there was yeah. an end an actual real story conclusion then like hey you did it that's it mm-hmm. where like i feel like I, I really feel like i got exactly what i wanted from tears of the kingdom but i i still spent like multiple hours still like going around afterwards but then i was like all right i'm gonna put this away for now i'm gonna pick up some other games i'll come back to tears of the kingdom later on but like you know i've played more than enough of that game to know it's the, my favorite game of all time like it's easy yeah, I want to revisit it. I just felt like a little, I need a little palate cleanser after Zelda. So that's why I picked up Pokemon Scarlet again for a while. Because I, I still, I, fe- I realized I still had to unlock six star and seven star raids. Because I never did that part of the story. Let alone the Pokedex. But I don't know if I'm going to have the time for it. There's the DLC coming out of that in September too, which I want to play. Um, so yeah, th- see the thing is this year is kind of, a, it's kind of insane for video games. Uh, there's so much stuff like Baldur's Gate, Starfield, Zelda, Pokemon DLC. Uh, there's all these indie games on the Steam Deck, including Dave the Diver, which I'm playing right now. I still want to play Resident Evil 4. There's a new Spider-Man coming out. It's been a pretty good year for Vita games, and as always, the problem is... Uh, you are forgetting Super Mario Wonder. Oh my god, uh, yes. Super Mario RPG. Is that this year? Both this year. Oh. <sighs> I totally forgot about those <laughs> games. Yeah, I did. I did forget about those games. Alan Wake, which I'm intrigued about, oh, no, but that's it might too be too scary, scary for too me. Too spooky for me. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that will be a game where I watch a playthrough, I think, is probably what I'll do with Alan Wake. There's so many games still yet. Final Fantasy 16, I forgot. Oh my God, I still need to play that. You haven't played Final no, Fantasy 16 yet? No, huh. I was... Uh, okay. What was I doing? Playing Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, this is what COVID did to the game industry. It put all the games Yeah, I mean, they could have staggered these releases, though. Like, uh, you know, everything yeah, in sometimes, the... Sometimes you've just got to get it out, right? Like, yeah. you just, you've got it. you know, you've been working on it. It's like two years delayed. Like, you, you've got to put it out so you can start on your next thing. Starfield. That's it. That's it. I think, I think next week... All three of us will be together, but who can oh, tell? That's, that should be the plan, yes. I mean, eventually it's got to happen because like, at some point, it's probably within the next three or four weeks, we'll be doing uh, the Rickies. Oh, my. It's that time again. I can't believe it. Yeah. If you want to find us online, you can find Federico over at maxstories.net. That's where you find Federico's work. He is also on Mastodon as at Fetici on mastodon.maxstories.net. You can find my work here on Relay FM and also at cortexbrand.com. And I am on Mastodon at mike.social as at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Our wonderful editor and co-host who will be returning next time is Stephen Hackett. He is over at 512pixels and on eworld.social as at ISMH. We are all kind of asterisk on threads. Federico is on threads. He is at Fetici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. I am 
am I Mike. I am Y K E. Stephen is at ISMH eighty six. Never not make me laugh. Uh, did you see? There's an hour of threads web app. I'm excited to use that. I just I saw the link appear in our group thread. I wonder if that will provide you any more luck. I can try shortly, and I'll let you know. Uh, thank you to our sponsors this week, the fine folk over at Factor, Clean My Mac X, and Vitaly. Thank you to our members who support us with Connected Pro. Go to getconnectedpro.co and buy a ticket for our London live show next July. Tickets are on sale now at relay.fm slash London. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. Cheerio. <laughs>